Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Pod, pod. Pod Diva. Hello divas, this is Pod Diva. If you're an LGBTQIA plus woman or non-binary person, this is your fortnightly podcast. And I'm Rachel Shelley. On today's Pod Diva, we're dropping into the relationship room, where your host, Ali Hendry, talks to the author of the groundbreaking book Neuroqueer. CJ DeBarra is a non-binary queer journalist from Ireland, now based in Nottingham. Together, CJ and Ali discuss sex, kink and ADHD, ADHD and queer dating, self-advocacy and why there are so many queer neurodivergent humans. And when you finish listening to this podcast, take a look at our extensive Pod Diva archive with over a hundred original interviews to explore. Then go out and grab yourself a copy of Diva magazine to hear more about all things LGBTQIA+. Pod Diva. Welcome to the relationship room on Pod Diva. My name is Ali Hendry. My pronouns are she, her. We are creating a safe place to land ideas that help us humans navigate interpersonal relationships. Welcome to my guest. Would you like to introduce yourself, share your pronouns and let us know what you do? Hi, so my name is CJ DeBarra and I am a journalist slash author slash writer slash everything (laughs) and my pronouns are they them. Thank you so much for joining us today because I am a huge fan of this book that for the purpose of the tape I have in my sticky mitts, Neuroqueer, a neurodivergent guide to love, sex and everything in between. Where for you did the writing start? Well, I've always been a writer, even just when I was a little kid. I constantly lived in every other world apart from my own. So it was sort of inevitable that I would end up being a writer in later life. For me, Neuroqueer, the book started in lockdown, as I'm sure a lot of other writers, (laughs) you know, I landed into lockdown at the height of a a breakup with a long-term partner. I was working as a journalist at the time anyway, so I was, my job prospects during lockdown were not fantastic because of, well, all of it. (laughs) So I turned to writing to sort of get me through the really difficult sort of emotional moments. That's kind of what started, started the book, really. I'm so glad for lockdown for that reason (laughs) it's a phenomenal book it's my favorite kind of book 
because it tells your story and you you go there. <laughs> oh yeah, you go there. And you also share current research, which is fantastic. And I know we're in some ways at the beginning of research around ADHD. I know there's been a huge amount of promotion and information about it. But as you say in your book, when it comes to queer communities, when it comes to non-binary communities, ADHD has been defined in terms of binaries from the beginning. This is what boys do. This is what girls do. And I love how inclusive your journey is and your kind of forensic exploration into ADHD. What would you like to share around your own diagnosis and how that came up? I mean, do you even call it a diagnosis? Yeah, it's a tricky one because there is that movement towards leaving words like diagnosis, symptoms, you know, all of those sort of medical words, because to me, this is just how my brain works. I don't know any different. This is just me. So I am in the process of trying to, because I've grown up with those words, trying to train myself not to use them, which, you know, is is not easy. It, it is personal preference with it, but I, I am trying my trying my hardest. So I was diagnosed when I was 10 years old. I'm from Clonakilty in Ireland. I'm actually from a village outside of it. So even smaller than, you know, a rural town. And this would have been, you know, the mid nineties. So not the most enlightened of times. And it was really pretty much at the start of people starting to talk about ADHD, Ritalin, things like that. So given what we know, you know, I was raised as female. I came out as non-binary when I was, oh God, far later than I should have, but, you know, towards my mid to late thirties. A lot of diagnosis are missed unless you are a white, straight, teenage boy or, or younger, actually, to be fair. It's missed in a lot of young girls. We have absolutely nothing out there in terms of trans and non-binary people as well. So it is quite a miracle that I got diagnosed at all. Quite a relief for my parents that I was. I am so incredibly lucky that I was diagnosed from a personal perspective as well, because we know how bad the waiting lists are at the moment for ADHD and autism as well. There's in Nottingham, where I'm based, there's about a two to three year wait at the moment for either. Yeah. Being able to embrace and understand that diagnosis while all around you was also exploring different ways of approaching ADHD and coming out the other end with this drive to present ADHD within the framework of queer, within relationships, sex, etc. How have you found that someone, you know, with ADHD and, and knowing yourself and having had that confirmation, as it were, from others as well. How's that fed into your romantic and sexual relationships? Well, I went away and over lockdown, I wanted to try and find out how my ADHD, my my neuroqueerness is affecting my relationships. Had this potentially fed into my my breakup? How was this affecting my sex life as well? Because there was nothing out there. The more that I started looking into it, I was a healthcare journalist at the time, work based in uh, researching and writing about cannabis and psychedelics predominantly at that point. So I was used to reading studies. I was used to like being around uh, medical texts because I would have to break them down. And the more I started looking into this, the more I realized, you know what, there's absolutely nothing out there. I went down the self-help route, the A to Z of books on ADHD, and I found that there was always a very, very tiny 
mention of sex and relationships in regards neurodivergent people. It was always fairly vanilla what you got. It was always heterosexual. It was always like how to connect to your partner. And I'm like, that's fantastic. That's wonderful. But what do I do when I want to have sex? You know, how do I approach dating? Like it's all fine and well having a partner that I can connect to, but I've got to find that partner in the first place. So (laughs) I hadn't engaged a lot with my ADHD at that point because growing up, it was always framed so negatively. I became quite angry and quite like defiant because I also have oppositional defiance disorder, which is a nice little side dish that also usually comes with the main dish of ADHD. So I became very defensive and very like, well, I'm just as good and I'm not going to learn anything about my ADHD. I'm not going to lean into it. I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm not going to ask for any extra help. So when I started researching, I started to learn a lot about myself at the same time. I started to find words like hypersexuality, hyposexuality. You know, I found the statistics around things like um, substance abuse, which is in my book to do with uh, drinking and sex and relationships. There was loads of things that I knew absolutely nothing about that nobody had thought to tell me. And, you know, thankfully, having come out the other side of writing the book and putting it out into the world, and I, I now actually travel around and give workshops and talks to people who are neurodivergent about pretty much the topics that um, I've just raised there. I've also been able to take that into my relationships going forward as well. So it has had a positive effect on my dating and my sex life. Yeah, gosh, what a journey. And being able to, as you say in your book, being able to bring sex and relationships and love closer to you because you have that understanding, because you are coming from that place of knowledge and what to share and what not to share, which is interesting, actually, because when I, as a relationship coach, I'm working with ADHD clients and they're in their dating season, there is this question around, do I put it on my profile? Do I not? When do I share it? How do I share it? What have you found has worked best for you around that? Everyone's different. That's the thing. So it's really hard to know when to disclose. Even for me, who is, you know, quite a loud and proud ADHD. I mean, I literally wrote the book, (laughs) but I think certainly going into dating life post lockdown, which, you know, everything was a bit up in the air, you know, do we wear masks or do we greet with touching elbows and all that sort of thing? So everything was up in the air anyway, but every single person that I met was different. For me, I, it was a case of finding that moment. I don't have it on my or I didn't, I, I'm not currently dating, so I should probably say that. <laughs> <laughs> I do not currently have a dating app profile, but I I didn't put it on there, but I would raise it on dates if and when I felt comfortable with somebody to do that because it's easier now than it would have been going back to 2020, 2021, early days, 2022, you know, because we've got all this TikTok, Instagram all of this awareness around ADHD, we go back three years ago, that was not out there. It's easier now to put things on on your apps if you want to. It's easier to have those conversations because people are a lot more clued up now. Yes, absolutely. And when we're talking about going into a relationship, whether you are an ADHDer 
or if you're dating someone who has ADHD, what do you think are some of the important things to bear in mind from both sides? You need to be educated about what your ADHD looks like for you. And you need to be able to communicate with that, with your partner about what your needs are. And that will fluctuate. So like if you're with somebody for two years and you have that conversation early doors dating and you never have it again, <laughs> you know, you need to keep that sense of communication and openness going about because your needs will change and what ADHD looks like for you will change. And I, I've learned that through being perimenopausal as well. That whole lovely time. Um, yeah. <laughs> my ADHD traits, some have gotten better, worse, you know, they've all changed. The, you need to be educated yourself, which means going and doing the research and also being being selective about how you take things on board as well, because not every single ADHD, we're all so incredibly different. Not every single ADHD trait will relate to you as well. And it's very, very tempting, especially when you've just been diagnosed or you're learning about it for the first time to go, oh my God, yes. But knowing what that looks like for you, how it manifests, what you need to tell your partner, when you need to tell them. And also having having an understanding partner as well because it's super hard for us to recognize red flags and boundaries that is hard <laughs> that is hard to do it sounds like there's a kind of settling in phase that has to happen and remaining open and honest with the caveat of your personal safety personal emotional physical safety and you talk about boundaries, actually, and I love the way that you address it because you explore kink and how that shows up, particularly around some of the traits, as you said, with ADHD and how we can move into that kink space safely, knowing that actually creating those boundaries, creating those agreements may be perceived in a different way by someone who has ADHD. Part Diva. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Pardiva. There's a lot that goes into our decision-making process that isn't as straightforward as we have been led to believe that it is. And this is where self-help books and websites and things that have those tiny little mentions that are usually vanilla let us down because a lot of us have, there's a lot to be said for vanilla sex, <laughs> having the the lights on and a, and a quickie on a Thursday night when you're tired. And, you know, all of that stuff is absolutely fantastic. And it's a, it's a huge part of my sex life and other people's sex life. But there is a huge part of us as well that also we use toys, bondage. We have like, you know, a little bit of leather, a little bit of lace, not talking about the broader, the broader stuff that's out there and how that can be affected by our decision-making process is quite dangerous because you can put yourself in situations that are dangerous and that you're not ready for, and that you don't know a hundred percent what you're consenting to. You're overriding the red flags that you might see because you're like well I'm getting a huge dopamine rush from this I'm getting that adrenaline boost this feels good uh, actually do you know what I'm not 100% cool with this we are at a higher risk for using alcohol using drugs to self-medicate and ground into our bodies as well which then reduces you know your capacity to weigh up consequences which is already affected by ADHD yeah Yes. You know, when I was growing up and having those discussions and having I had sex education in rural Ireland. So you can imagine how well that that went. It was basically nuns going, don't do that. Unitive <laughs> approach to sex ed. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I had the same. I had the same, albeit in Sussex uh, with with nuns saying sex is about not doing it until oh, you're I, in love yeah, and married. I, Exactly. And with a member of the opposite sex. And yes. you know, <laughs> yeah. we don't have those kind of conversations. We talk very, very rarely about disability and sex when we really should be talking about it a lot more. Even when you go looking for that information, it's very, very rarely presented. And I mean, I started to come across it when I found an amazing blogger, Joy As It Flies, who I reference in my book because I found their blog about their sex life so refreshing and open-minded and wonderful. And they talked about bondage and BDSM, all these things about how the physicality of like that. And obviously they've consented to that and there's all these agreements in place before going into that, how that helped them to ground into their body. And I was like, wow, no one's ever told me about this before. And yet I know that I like all of this stuff as well. And that I find this helps me in the exact same way. I relate so hard to this. And I'll tell you, when I started to shop the book out to agents and publishers as well, that was the chapter that people had the biggest problem with. In fact, actually one person in particular who I will not name, <laughs> who was a publisher, that was the chapter that they wanted removed along with the chapter on sex toys as well yes that just held your resolve even more that we need this book because we are being edited in a very real sense and this is not okay and we need to get that education out there I love neuroqueer because it goes into a lot of the science and the research obviously you have that research brain and it comes out really beautifully in neuroqueer all the research around percentages to do with queer people having ADHD, having autism. What's your take on that? Because I know there's research coming up all the time. Why are there 
in your mind, such a higher percentage of ADHD humans in the queer community? Well, this is it. We we don't have those statistics. We are missing huge uh, data sets because we just do not look in those areas. There's one particular book that I'm thinking of. They interviewed 3,000 people with and without ADHD so they could compare and contrast. And then there's a tiny little mention at the front that says, oh, we didn't get enough LGBT people, so we just didn't do any LGBT stuff. And I'm like, what a missed opportunity, both yeah. for us as, as neuroqueer people and also, you know, for, for the scientific community as well, not to have that, that data. For me, I don't know why there is a huge percentage of us, but I wonder if we are so used to having those creative brains that think alternatively, we're very open-minded, we approach things creatively. I've always wondered if that's maybe something to do with it, that we are open-minded enough to realise that love doesn't have to be in a binary sense, it can be open to all genders, it can be open to more than one person at any given time. We put everything in a nice little neat, very narrow box, and we have done for so many years, and we do ourselves a massive disservice with that. But also, we do have to start getting more vocal about the fact that there is no research being done into these areas because we need that data. That data determines our support services, you know, our NHS services, what's out there for us in terms of counselling in the private sector, even medications that are available, all of those things. So it's not just that we don't have a stat that says, oh, 15% of all people that are this are this. There are much wider implications for us not having the, that that kind of data. Absolutely. And you are ADHD, you are queer, you are perimenopausal. Where is the support? Where is the knowledge from the service providers to educate you and help you on your path. And if the research isn't being done, then we are not able to make the best out of our lives. Oh, 100%. It's as simple as I'm very tired of having to talk about my queerness in sessions, both for my perimenopause and for my ADHD. I'm tired of being told things like oh my GP actually an old GP that I used to see when I was still living in Ireland when I approached to ask for letters to bring to the NHS here because I've got the wonderful setting of dealing with both the HSE and the NHS which you know is, is ripe for complications he turned around and said oh but adults don't have that people grow out of ADHD and I was like you are a GP sir wow it's really, really difficult. And I'm really, really tired of telling people that, you know, that my partner in the waiting room isn't a friend or a sister or that my pronouns are they, them, you know, all of these things that filters through to things like we didn't get enough LGBT people to include in this survey. So we just didn't. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's the frustration levels, the, the boiling frustration levels. One of the areas that you cover in your book is around the joys and the things that you've learned and the things that you embrace and the things that you love as someone who has ADHD. What is your ADHD queer joy? Do you know what it is? There's got to be those joyful moments because it, it can't be all of the negative all of the time. And one of the things that I find incredibly joyous, so I travel around quite a bit with the book and I do all these events and I do workshops and all sorts. What I have found recently is after the event, there's this beautiful, lovely sense of safe zone, chatting, 
everybody wants to come up and say hello and have a chat. And for a lot of people, that's the first time that they will come and say, oh, you know, I'm bipolar, I'm autistic, I've, I've got ADHD, I'm, I'm queer. And for a lot of people, that's the first time that they have said those things out loud to somebody who will listen and somebody who goes, do you know what? Same. Me too. How are you finding it? Isn't this terrible? Isn't this great? Isn't this, you know, and they feel seen. And I feel seen because I didn't meet another person that wasn't male, heterosexual, white male <laughs> with ADHD until I was, I think, 35, 36. That's a hell of a long time to go thinking you're the only person that's got these, these various things. So that has brought me so much joy, being able to connect with people all over the UK and Ireland. And I've had people message from like US and the books out there in the world. It's just lovely. I, there are no words to the, the uplifting happiness that that brings me. That power of connection and being seen and finding this community that you didn't dare dream about and being able to connect and share. So powerful. I love that. Where can people buy Neuroqueer, a neurodivergent guide to love, sex and everything in between? And where can they find you as well? Right. So you can buy my book in bookshops. In fact, actually, you can make it a bit of a campaign because bookshops, a lot of the time, there are some that will stock it anyway. If your bookshop doesn't stock it, go in and ask because that's what publishers, agents and all the rest of it respond to. If there is not a demand for books like this, books like this will not get made. I honestly, if people can go to their local bookshops and request that it is stocked, or you can find it on Amazon, or you can find it on my site as well, if you'd like to buy directly from me, which is cjdebarra.com. And you can find me on all of the social media. I'm never off it <laughs> under CJ Debarra as well. Thank you so, so much for coming into the relationship room and sharing your wisdom and knowledge and queer neuro joy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Pod Diva. Thank you for listening to Pod Diva in association with Diva Magazine, the world's leading brand for LGBTQIA plus women and non-binary people. Every fortnight, we bring you new interviews from a vast range of fabulous people, celebrating and amplifying the voices of the LGBTQIA plus community. Browse our extensive back catalogue of episodes to find your favourites, from Jennifer Beals to Abby Jacobson. It's like one gorgeous, glossy magazine in your ear. Please share, rate or review us. It really does help. You can find us on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can email me at editorial at diva-magazine.com. Pod Diva. Queers for your ears. Pod Diva. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.